everyone, and welcome to Everyday Linux, Episode 3, Why Is There Wine in My Ubuntu, for the week of May 3rd, 2011. This week we'll be talking about Wine, the uh, Linux-based uh, application that lets you run Windows-based applications under Linux. It's part of the Ubuntu Extras that we've talked about last week, and uh, we'll uh, go a little deeper into it today. But first, let me introduce our co-hosts, uh, Mr. Josh Reitz, also known as Tux2. Hi, Josh. Hello. Hello, How are Mark. things in sunny Colorado today? Um, as far as I know, they're fine. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get out much, huh? No. <laughs> <laughs> and also Mr. Chris Neves, uh, also known as Slipped, and he's up there in uh, Lower Canada, right? Something like that, otherwise known as Montana, yeah. thank you. They're all the same thing, aren't they? Do you even need a passport to go from one to the other? Yes. <laughs> and, of course, our uh, lovely newbie, Miss K. Arthur. Hi, Kay. Hi. Welcome back. And if you don't remember, my name is Mark, and I am the Tightwad Tech. So, uh, before we get started today, I just want to say that uh, we need your feedback. This is a new show. We're three episodes in, and we want to know how we're doing. Uh, uh, drop on over to the tightwadtech.com website and uh, let us know what you think in the forums or sending us, send us an email at, uh, I, I created a shorter email address, EDL for Everyday Linux at the tightwadtech.com. So you can send us an email there. Let us know what you think. Let us know what uh, topics you'd like to talk about. What are some questions you have about Linux? And uh, uh, we'll try to answer them. So guys, take it away. All right, well, today is our little intro to Wine, which is what we use to run some applications from the Windows world in our Linux installations. Um, Wine is good for a, a lot of things, uh, not bleeding-edge software usually, but it does help us run such applications like Photoshop if you have to run such programs. It'll also do... Microsoft Office, if you're stuck in the Microsoft Office environment. Um, and there's, it's just nice to have as a backup in case you can't find a Linux alternative to a Windows program. There you go. Exactly. That's a good point. There are alternatives to lots of them. Uh, but if the, uh, for lot, uh, lots of games, for example, or Windows based games, and uh, Wine does a, a fairly good job of running a lot of those. Uh, Tux, tell us what is Wine? Um, wine basically, it's, 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 wine is not an emulator. Basically, that's what it stands, that's what wine stands for. Wine is not an emulator. Um, what it does is it lets you run applications from the Windows world in Linux. Um, I, like I can take and pop, you know, I, I'm playing the original Portal game. I know Portal 2 came out about a week or two ago, um, depending on when this podcast comes out. But it runs the original Portal game just fine. I play Portal inside of Linux because of Wine. You cannot play Portal in Linux if you don't have Wine. So it's, it's basically that you play some games, do some apps, and do all that stuff. And just to get a little technical, um, what the uh, Wine folks have done is reverse-engineered the way Windows applications talk to the operating system. 
Uh, it's, you're not running like a virtual machine that we've talked about before. Uh, there's something called an API, the Application Programming Interface. It's how all programs talk to the underlying operating system. So when you run Notepad on Windows, it talks to Windows in certain ways. And what the wine guys do is basically pay really close attention to what's happening in the operating system and try to pretend to the application that they're Windows and um and then back and forth that way and and so because of that it's uh um what's the word uh buggy and broken uh, a lot of the times because they don't have access to windows code and of course microsoft isn't helping them at all so they just kind of have to take their best guess at things uh but overall uh, it's better than nothing and it works really well um surprisingly well actually the uh for ex- and even if you do run across a couple of buggy issues, wait a couple releases and those issues might be resolved. Uh, I was having a horrible issue with running uh, Photoshop for a. I was trying to do some conversions between things that GIMP just couldn't handle. And when I first loaded up Photoshop through Wine, it was crashing every moment of the, every day. Um, wouldn't work at all. So then, waited a, I think it was a two point releases and the problem was fixed because enough people complained about it. If you go over to the winehq.org, excuse me, that is the main website for wine. And it covers everything. It has the about, a wiki that tells you more information. But most importantly, they do have what they call the AppDB, which is the database of applications that Wine can handle. This is a community-driven database of programs, so some of the information may not be 100% accurate. But when it comes to finding out if the application you desperately need, this is the place to go. Um, And they rate things on a gold, platinum, uh, bronze, and garbage rating system where platinum things are work perfectly, uh, gold are things that work mostly as long as you do a couple of things here and there that they walk you through how to do. Silver means uh, it installs but has major, major or minor issues. And then garbage means it just doesn't work, period. And they let you know in big letters that, you know, this is junk. And uh, exactly. it depends largely on the popularity of the application. Uh, for example, Portal, that uh, that Josh was just talking about, not only is a very popular game, but it's been around a while. So they've had a, plenty of time to hack on it and a lot of people wanting them to hack on it. So things like that are going to work really well because there's a high demand and they've had time to work on it. Where um, an example in my own life, my um, Garmin GPS application didn't work at all um, because... You know, there's uh, not a lot of uh, demand for that on Linux, apparently. So, uh, you know, there are occasionally things that just don't work, and there's not enough people to care that they work or not. Yeah, I'm just looking on the website. It looks like Portal 2 is also supported as well. It has a gold rating, so it says that it works perfectly in line here. So, looks like both of them work. For all of you Portal fans. <laughs> And actually, that also brings up another point. Um, besides having things running directly in Wine, um, there are some applications that do 
uh, uh, Linux versions of themselves that are bundled with their own special version of Wine. Uh, a couple of big names that you would probably recognize is like Google Picasa. That works in Linux because of a specially designed package of Wine that only runs Google Picasa. Another one is the TeamViewer program for remote desktop support. It also runs in Linux thanks to a little Wine package that is on its own. Correct. I use the team. I use TeamViewer in Linux a lot. Um, it does have a few bugs here and there, but most of the time it works pretty good. So that would be running under Wine. So, Kate, uh, you were asking earlier, uh, before we started recording, just what is Wine? Have we answered that? Do you understand it? Yes, I do. Do you have any questions about it? Not that I can think of. All right. <laughs> is there anything, uh, you've been running uh, your Linux, your Ubuntu laptop for a while now. Uh, is there anything that you have uh, um, not been able to do that you wanted to do? The, a Windows app that Wine might have been able to help you with? Um, um, the only one I can think of is what Josh has mentioned, Team Viewer. Okay, and that so you're, been- you're running Team Viewer on your Linux uh, desktop? Yes, I am. And my mystery case files, too. I love (laughs) that game. So that's a game, okay. Yes, it's a game. It's a very fun game. You find, it's like, kind of like, where's Waldo? You find, like, items to help solve the, solve the case. So. So are you able to run mystery case files over there on your computer? Yep. Nice. Several times. (laughs) <laughs> I know one thing that I have not been able to do um, at all is uh, Yahoo Messenger. Uh, a lot of my uh, family that have been using it since 1993 are still on it. And if I want to talk to them, uh, I have to use something like a Game or Pigeon. Uh, well, Game doesn't exist anymore. Pigeon or Empathy or something like that. Uh, but, uh, for example, there's a, a, a video chatting client in it that works pretty well um, and it just doesn't work in wine. It's listed as, as garbage, I think. Um, so that, and that's a, you know, a relatively big name thing, but for whatever reason, they haven't been able to, uh, to make that work. Right. And Another I would thing almost, that I've, go ahead, Josh. Have, okay. The other thing that I had problems with is, um, Microsoft office. Uh, I know that's a big name, but the 2003 version seems to crash often on my computer. So, that may be a computer issue. That may be a wine issue, but for some odd reason, it does not work for me. So now there's a whole other uh, sort of branch of of third party people out there. Uh, one that comes to mind is Crossover Office, and they're a team that uh, works with the wine code and tries to make it a hundred percent stable with Office. Uh, it's not a free one, uh, though. I don't remember what it costs. I think it's something like fifty dollars. Uh, but they say that with crossover office, their implementation of Wine uh, Office works flawlessly. So there's a whole other business out there of people trying to make your Windows programs work in Linux. Right. Exactly. And, um, there for a while, crossover office even had a free version that they were giving away, um, and it almost put them out of business um, back when 
oh, I'd have to look at the email, the dates to find out for sure, but it was called their lame duck um, thing. A couple, I think it was like five, six years ago. Um, and I kind of laughed when I saw it. And, of course, I have a copy of that older version of it. But since then, on the same note, there are some other third parties that do um, use the wine from Wine HQ and continue to hack on it, so to speak, and release it that are specialized. Uh, one that comes to mind is one called Kadiga. I think that's how you say that. I'm not 100% sure. I but would regardless, have said Sedega. That would have been Sedega? Well, it doesn't matter because they closed their doors <laughs> February 28th. So, But they have now they've rebranded themselves into what's called Game Tree Linux. And this is free if you want to sign up for it. And it's a specialized version of wine that's meant for gaming. Um, they have a little, some of the patches that the Wine HQ guys want you to do by yourself. They've actually implemented them already inside a game tree. So the, the chances of your games running go up because it's specially coded for games. Do you have a listing of some of the games that work with it? If it's in the Wine HQ, it works in Game Tree. Oh, okay. Um, and I'll be able to tell you more on that once I, um, I'm redoing my Wine H, my Wine setup for my games because, uh, I, they just released the Game Tree installer packages not too long ago and I just haven't had a chance to rebuild everything for it. So I'll check back with me in a couple of weeks and I'll let you know what I find out about Game Tree. Hmm. That sounds interesting to me. All right, what else do we have to say about wine? Well, another thing that I run in wine on Linux is Internet Explorer. Now, if I go and I try to install Internet Explorer from website, you know, it, it crashes on me. I can't get it to install. What I've done is I've installed something called Play on Linux. And they have a specialized version. They get download all the stuff you need and then get it installed so that I can run Internet Explorer in Linux. So that, so they just do some of that, um, some of that, um, coding so that you can, and all the special wine settings that Internet Explorer needs to actually work. Now, are these things that uh, can be installed from the um, Ubuntu Software Center, or are we going to have to go to these websites to download these things? Play on Linux can be downloaded from the Ubuntu Software Center. And the Wine HQ, or the Wine HQ version um, is in the Software Center, but it's an older version. If you want the newest version, you need to go install their um, PPA software, which is a um, repository of their particular newest version, which is, at the time of recording, it's 1.3.19. The GameTree guys, are you have to go to their website and register. When you do register, they have a DEB file that you can download. Um, once you download it, it opens up and it asks you, "What do you want? Do you want to install me?" Just tell it yes, and then it does the rest for you. Why all this fragmentation? Why so many different ways to install the same thing? 
for the same reason that there's so many different versions of Linux. Um, everyone has their idea of how it should be done, and no one can agree on it, so they make their own. Um, and then it's up to the user to figure out which one works better for them. I know personally, since y, the WineHQ guys has brought together this uh, a package called Wine Tricks, the ability for me to get my Linux games installed and my li- and my Linux games, my Windows games installed in Linux, along with some of the Windows software has gone up exponentially because of the fact that it has all the little bells and whistles and and registry hacks built into it. You just tick a box and say, yeah, I want DirectX 9 installed. I want all core fonts. I want it's just a tick list and you just go down, tick, 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 tick and apply and you get all those extra bells and whistles and and hacks done for you so you don't have to do it at all. Now, is it possible that one of these things would mess up one of your other things? Like, if you're trying to get one game installed, is it possible it's going to mess up some other game? Or, no. Because or is Picasso going to mess up something else? No, because they sit in different set, different um, hidden folders inside your home directory. So, if you were to go to your home, if you were to open up um, places in home, you don't see these hidden directories, but if you show hidden files, you get these dot folders. Like, uh, for example, TeamViewer and Picasa, they both make their own dot folder. And those dot folders have their specialty case of wine. Now, if you were to, say, install something with, say, the Wine HQ version, and then try to use GameTree or Crossover or any of the other ones, they re- they're they completely separate because they're in separate hidden folders. Does that make sense? Yes, I think so. So I can have multiple versions of Wine each doing its own task without interfering with anything else. Correct. Which is very handy. But it is very handy, but it also can cause some mind mess issues. For, like, example, some of the... For Team Viewer, I know the Team Viewer version five has a couple glitches with the way that their version of Wine um, does its software. Those glitches have been fixed in newer versions of Wine, but since the Team Viewer guys aren't changing their their specialized version of Wine, you don't get those fixes in that bucket. And is that uh, is that a common thing, or is that an isolated incident there? I would say it's a common thing with anyone who bundles a specialized version of wine, because they're unless they update their specialized build of wine, you're not going to get those fixes when the main branch, the Wine HQ guys, file those fixes. Which is why I tell everyone check the Wine HQ site before you do anything. And so does that mean you have to update all these things individually now? If you're using separate versions of wine, yeah. Um, that's the reason that I try to stick if I'm going to, like I've been using the Wine HQ version forever because I didn't want to keep bouncing between Game or Kadiga, Plan on Linux, Crossover. I, I was having a hard time bouncing between them. So I just, long ago I made the choice, I'm going to stick with the 
the Wine HQ version and fight my way through the bugs as I come through to them. Well, now that it's starting to get to the point where, like, say, could the Sedega people or Game Tree people are now using the current version of Wine HQ, well, that's that takes away my my barrier of issues for me to go and fight my way through the bugs because they have a whole developer community doing that for me. You have any comment on that, Josh? Um, yeah, basically, you know, that, um, as far as the folders and all that goes, some people might understand it as every single program has its own settings. And, you know, especially when you do play on Linux, play on Linux, I think, uses the, the version of wine that comes in Ubuntu, at least the one in Ubuntu does. And then each program has its own settings file that, that tells wine, this is how this program is supposed to be run, so... Okay, and it also makes it a little interesting when you're trying to save files in Wine. Um, if you were to go and save something on your C drive, if you're trying to save something in the C drive, then um, then it's going to be it's it's not going to be in your other Windows programs. So you have to save it. Make sure you save it in your Documents folder, which is basically your home folder in Linux. Okay, let's talk about that. I think that's something um, we need to mention. The Wine creates a fake C drive. <clears throat> Correct. And if you have different versions of Wine, like like Chris was just saying, you're going to have different versions of your fake C drive. Am I understanding you right? Correct. So if you open up one application and you save something in C, this file, and then you go over to your other application, which is using another version of Wine or different settings, it's going to, it, you're not going to be able to see that file unless you go into the hidden directory where that file is located. That sounds really confusing. <laughs> it can be. So what is, a, is, what is a best practice then that we can tell our listeners that, you know, the, the, the most reasonable thing for you to do is what? I would say pick a branch of the wine system be it wine the wine hq guys the game tree guys the plan linux guys crossover office one of them pick one of them and stick with it that way you're not bouncing between the different versions of wine and the different hidden folders do you agree with that josh to a point um that's good advice um another thing is you also is um, if you if you really need to run different versions and stuff like that, the my documents folder in Wine does point to the does point to your home directory. So if you really need to use different versions of Wine, use the my documents folder. Okay. Give me. Uh, I'm trying to to envision this uh, as if somebody who who's never um, done it before. I'm working in um, Office, Microsoft Word, and I want to mm -hmm. save a document. All right, so I click File and Save As, and I get the little, you know, Windows dialog box that we're all familiar with, the Save As box. Uh, and so what do, the, what do the folders I see look like? Um, when you first, when you open that up, it shows the My Computer, and it shows a weird drive. It has just a, it just has a slash. 
that is basically, you know, base, that just basically is the root of your Linux hard drive. Then you also see a Z drive and a few other weird letter drives, which basically point to a, to a few other folders on your computer. And you also have one called My Documents, which points to your home folder. Okay, so the My Documents folder is the home folder in Linux. Correct. And if you're using a Windows app, <clears throat> you're used to saving things in My Documents and they're, you know, pictures or whatever underneath My Documents. So all of that uh, maps to, in all versions, all these different versions of Wine that we've talked about, that all maps to your home folder. As far as I know. It's supposed to, at least. <laughs> yes. Now, the other, thing that, the other thing that, sh that most people are going to need to do, if they're going to run the main version of Wine from the either the software center or if you're actually going to go to the Wine HQ website and download their newer version, is the first thing you should do once you install Wine is to go into the Wine configuration. Um, that tells you what the drive letters are going to look like. Um, it also then gives you the – because you have to go in and set your audio preferences. Otherwise, you won't have sound in your programs. Um, normally, when you go to Wine Configuration and then click on the Audio tab, the default tick boxes are there. You just have to say, yes, apply it. Okay. All right. Any other comments on that? Or have we covered wine already enough? Um, I would have to say that uh, um, if you really want to um, mess around with the C drive in wine, at least the default one in wine H from WineHQ and stuff, all you have to do is go to Applications, and then down underneath that menu is a menu called Wine. It has a little wine glass. And then there's an option that says Browse C drive. That lets you browse the C drive or the virtual C drive and actually see all the files and stuff saved on there. That's also where you set your settings and where all your all your apps are installed, you know, in the wine menu that should be running under Windows. Okay. Anything else? I don't. I'm out of questions, so I'm just. <laughs> I'm out of things too. I'm just trying to think. Um, uh -oh, whatever else that we would. No, thanks, Mark. But <laughs> there's re that really covers most of it. I know that uh, if we wanted to give the web address for co for crossover, it's codeweavers.com. WhiteHQ was winehq.org. GameTree Linux is gametreelinux.com. Uh, Play on Linux is playonlinux.com. <laughs> mm, that pretty much covers all the links. Uh, I can't think of anything really else. I do know that that, that Wine database will help you immensely if you're curious to find out if your programs will even work through Wine. You know, like uh, before I buy a game, that's the first place I go to see if, if it's even a chance. But most of the big retail ones, like you know, StarCraft Two, that's fairly new. Yeah, a lot of the games are either gold or, or platinum, so you should be able to run most of your games 
through wine if you want to try it. Now, these are, um, what's the word I'm trying to say? Uh, Windows PC games that we're talking about. This wine won't help you play your Xbox or your PlayStation games on your computer, right? <laughs> Correct. Correct. Um, I do have one thing to say in there. This will not, this won't run a lot of DOS based programs. Um, for those, I'll put a little teaser in here for you guys. You need DOSBox for those, for all your DOS games. Okay. I have used that uh, on Windows. I didn't know it was available on Linux. <laughs> uh-huh. I have an old game you may remember. I don't know. You're probably too young to remember it, but uh, uh, Chris might. Uh, uh, Dune, the, the the strategy game, sort of like yep. Axis and Allies. Uh, oh, Doom. No, not Doom. Not, oh. not with an M, with an N. Got like, it. Like okay. Frank Hebert's Dune. Uh, anyway, it's a yep. game I used to like to play, and I, I pulled that out a, a couple of years ago, and, and of course my XP machine didn't know what to do with it, so I found DOSBox and was able to, to play my 8-bit graphics once again, and I felt mighty. <laughs> <laughs> if yeah, I remember right, honestly, if I remember right, I believe DOSBox is in the software repositories in the software center. It is. That's how I install it. So, yeah, yeah. I've, I've played a few. I don't know if you've heard of these, but I've played Lemmings, the original version of Lemmings <laughs> inside of DOSBox. <laughs> uh, I've also played Scorched Earth in DOSBox. Works well. And a few other games. So, yeah, that's, that's how I play my DOS games. That's very cool. Okay, what else? Anything else about wine or or making Windows stuff work? I think that pretty much covers it, Mark. I mean, send feedback. We need information. If you guys know something better than we do, tell us about it. You know, correct us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. And ask you um, to tell me one thing that you learned about Linux this week that you didn't know last week. (laughs) I just thought that would be an interesting thing to do each week, right? You're all living with this thing, right? We talk about everyday Linux. Surely there's something new um, that you had tried out or, or didn't know was possible or... Or something. I should have probably given you more than eight seconds notice, but uh, I was just curious. It would have helped. <laughs> see if you came up with anything. <laughs> Nothing? No? Uh, give me a second. I have something. I just got to remember. I got to find the command, though. I've, I was told a command that I didn't know about in, for the terminal the other day when I was asking a question over in the IRC room. And if you open up your terminal and type in S-M-B-T-R-E-E, it'll list the computers and the shares in your network. So don't run this in a big corporate environment because it'll take forever. But at your house, if you're trying to, oh, what was that share on so-and-so's computer, S-M-B-Tree will help you find it. So that's like um, browsing network neighborhood on Windows, Well, but it's text-driven. It's in a terminal. It doesn't show you it as a graphical layout. It's, you know, Joe's computer has 
you know, uh, home and my documents and printers shared. Oh, okay. So, so if, why why would I want to do that? I'm I'm not well, seeing the me, reasoning for it. For me, at the time, I have a hidden share on one of my file servers at work, and I couldn't remember what it was called. But because Linux sees through the hidden shares that Windows don't display, I was able to find the hidden share inside my work environment. Okay, that's cool. What about so you, Kay? I, Is there anything new you learned this week? Um, I learned about wine. I really never knew what it was that was <laughs> enabling us to play these games and stuff on Linux. Well, and that's an interesting thing to point out. Once you've got it installed, uh, you download a Windows app and hit run and go. Uh, you don't, yeah. you're, you, you're not interfacing with wine at all. It just, it's just there and it works. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do have one point to make. In Ubuntu, if you download a Windows app, um, if you just try to run it with the, from Wine, it will say that the executable bit is not set. Um, what you have to do is right-click on it, click on Properties, go to the Permissions tab, and check the box that says Allow running, or allow execute, allow executing this file as a program or something like that. Very good. That will allow you to run your Windows app in there. That has bitten me more than once, yes. Uh, so you download uh, Picasa, for example. Uh, well, that's my, that's maybe not a good example, but I'm trying to think of some small executable you might download. Uh, but something that, you know, something.exe is sitting on your desktop. When you try to click it initially, it's not going to work. So you do have to go right-click and go into the properties and tell it, this is safe. That's a, a built-in sort of virus protection measure. Correct. I think they added that within 10.10 .10 because we didn't have to do that before. Right. That's a, that's a good thing. That's sort of like on Windows when you try to run something and it says uh, you need administrative permissions to do it. Uh-huh. Okay, awesome. It uh, sounds like we don't have anything n new to discuss there. So, uh, uh, we'll just, I, I don't want to, I don't want to drag this out because I'm sure we'll talk about it at another time. Um, but I'm curious, uh, if you guys have tried the brand new version of Ubuntu, uh, 11.04 that just came out last week. No. I have not yet. Um, my coworker, you know, I actually downloaded it and seeded it for a while um, via BitTorrent. Um, I gave it to my coworker, and he tried to do it in a virtual box, and he could not get the Unity interface to come up, but the GNOME interface came up just fine. So yeah, that's no. exactly what I was going to say. Uh, if you want to test it in a virtual machine, the big thing that's different about uh, 11.04 is it's got a new windowing system. We've talked before about GNOME or KDE. This has a new one called Unity, which is uh, apparently, from what I hear, very different. And, um, uh, you know, I, I assume they think it's better since they made the change. But it doesn't seem to work in a virtual environment. So uh, I did. I had the same experience. I, I wanted to test it on a virtual machine because... That's, you know, I'm not going to blow away my machine just to test something. And then what I got was exactly pretty much what I already had uh, because the new windowing system didn't work. So um, if anybody out there has any clues as to how to make that work, 
uh, I'd like to know about it. From what I know, remember, I, I read something about it in one of the in the uh, Ubuntu chat room. Um, it's because VirtualBox doesn't do 3D rendering correctly for Unity, so it's it's a it's a pitfall of VirtualBox. Okay, I hope they get that fixed soon. Yeah, I do too. And I, I noticed even on my laptop when I tried to run, you know, the Try Ubuntu on off a of CD. With my NVIDIA card, I still didn't have Unity. Hmm. So I think it's because I have a proprietary you know, card. I'm not getting my 3D rendering set up, but I'm curious to find out how much difference it is. Well, yeah, that- I'm thinking of putting another hard drive in my laptop and actually trying it on my hardware with a different hard drive. If that way, I don't mess anything up. Uh, as I have said before, uh, I recommend... Not messing with it, you know, don't, uh, uh, when something new comes out, give it some time. And, uh, my recommendation stands with this one. I couldn't even test it. Uh, so yeah, if, if you're listening out there and you're not, um, a Chris or a Josh and you're not into the whole geekery thing, just stay away from it. Stay with what you're doing. There's no compelling reason to upgrade. Uh, just be happy with, you know, your 10.10 or 10.04 or, or whatever you've got. Well, at least for at least another month or so until it's all the bugs are kicked out of it. Yeah, I, I, you're you're more generous than I am. I say wait three to four months. <laughs> well, I usually am sitting on the bleeding edge, so <laughs> just like at the end of the month when Fedora releases fifteen, I'll be probably installing it in a test box that next weekend. So, Kay, as our yeah. resident noob, does any of this appeal to you at all, or are we just talking? Are you playing Sudoku now because we're boring you? <laughs> I'm not playing Sudoku. No, I I haven't even tried the new Windows, not Windows, Linux. Yeah, Windows, no. Um, Linux, so I've been waiting for it to pop up in my um, update box thing, so... Yeah, it did I wait on, for that, and then I download it. Yeah, don't. I did on... It came up on my machine and said, hey, you've got an update... Um, I said, no, no, thank you. Uh, I'm not ready yet. Anyway. Kayla, re- Kayla, remember when, uh, last time you did the upgrade from 10 point, from like 10.04 to 10.10, it actually broke your wireless drivers? Oh my, oh, I hated that. We couldn't get <laughs> work for none, and it was like, what is going on? And we found out it was Ubuntu. Ubuntu. sorry it's an old habit i've been calling it that ever since i first got it that's funny Uh, all right i think i think we've babbled enough for this episode but again i will uh say you know to the list if you're still with us thank you for for listening this far uh but uh, if you have something that you want us to talk about um different versions of Linux or, uh, you know, uh, Chris said he's going to be trying Fedora and, and, uh, let us know. Let us know where you want this show to go. As I've often said about, uh, my other shows that I'm a part of, this is your show and, and we just work for you. So tell us what you want to know. Uh, drop by, uh, com. There's an everyday Linux forum there. Uh, uh, all of us are regular visitors there. We'll, uh, see anything you post there or drop us an email at edl at thetightwadtech.com. So I think if you guys have nothing further, we'll just say this sums up episode three of Everyday News. 
Great show.